Cash is easy to lose. It is. And checks, they take a while to clear, don't they? Thankfully, there's Zelle, a new way to send money to your friends and family from your banking app. Once you're enrolled, the money moves right between almost any U.S. bank accounts, typically arrives in minutes. Plus, it's backed by major banks, which means you can send money confidently. Just go to ZellePay.com. That's Z-E-L-L-E-P-A-Y.com to learn more. Zelle, this is how money moves. Today's show, sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. Everybody knows I'm a big advocate of therapy. I enjoy it. I've been going to my shrink for 10 years, for 10 years. And I'm, you know what? These days, there's so many ways to get into therapy. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful to show your support for this podcast. Use the code beautiful. You get $30 off your first month. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Hello to all my tufted tit mice. It's Beautiful Anonymous. It's one hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hey everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome Beautiful Anonymous. We're back. Must be a Tuesday. Unless, of course, you don't listen to this on the day it comes out, at which point it's one of the other six days of the week. Hello. Thank you for supporting Beautiful Anonymous. I really am so lucky that I get to do this. Thank you guys for all your support. Um, Let's get into it. Last week's call, Black Hole of a Husband. Very intense call. Um, But I have to say, I've never been, uh, I've I've rarely, I'll say, not, not never. Everyone's in a blue moon. This Facebook group we got, Beautiful Anonymous, the community, um... The reactions are so um, giving and, and, and concerned and kind. And, and this call, obviously, someone talking about being in an abusive relationship, people were really um, an outpouring of love and concern. And we ran into a situation where um, the caller reached out to one of the moderators of the group and asked to post a message on her behalf. So I just want to let you all hear what the caller said. Dear Chris and the um, beautiful anonymous, the community, I'm the caller from Black Hole of a Husband. Want the community to know I've been touched by the outpouring of love and support. I've read every comment. I wish I could reply to each one. Wish I could give all of you with similar stories a big hug. Hell, I wish I could give all of you a big hug. In the course of just a week, all of you have helped me to re-examine how I deal with my soon-to-be ex-husband. No one said anything I haven't heard before, but somehow having people from all over the country and a few from some other countries offering advice and support has made a huge difference. I've made an appointment for a consultation with a lawyer and will be serving papers to his ass. He does not get to decide how I approach this divorce. It's my divorce too. Fuck him. Sorry, Sally and Aunt Karen. As for my children, I'm continuing to work on my relationship with them. I've told them that if their father tries to psychologically torture them like he did me, I will not stand for it. They're smart girls and all agreed that their father used to talk to me, keep me from them way too much. He started doing the same thing to my oldest, not only because he needs someone else to control now, but because he doesn't want her to take meds for a depression. I told her if he tries this again, 
Three options. One, pretend to agree with him, then still take your meds. Two, argue with him to the point of exhaustion until in order to stop the torture, you have no choice but to agree with him. Three, tell him straight up. You're sorry he can't understand your point of view, that you and your doctors feel is the best option for you. You'll be giving it a try. Third option is the best one, but the most difficult. People talk about heart, but it's the brain that loves. The brain is the most sensitive organ. Humans, as the most advanced animals, are the most dangerous because of our brains. As previous caller said, and I'm paraphrasing, the earth will survive without us. It's us that will not survive. Other animals oftentimes show more love to their kin than we do. As Chris suggested, hug the ones you love. Make them feel loved and accepted. Treat them kindly, especially your children. If we all did this, there'd be fewer wars, fewer sad stories, fewer abusers, a lot less anger, a lot less heartache. Thank you again, Chris, for wearing pink bunny suits, for driving cars, for writing books, for career suicide, for beautiful anonymous. Blah, blah. Who needs to hear the part where she pat me on the back? Um, most thanks for providing me with a platform to share my story. I hope it helps other people who find themselves in a similar situation. To quote the mountain goats, I am going to make it through this year if it kills me, but it won't. Lots of love, caller number 89. I know this makes for a long intro, but I wanted to read her words verbatim because I think there was so much concern, and it, it just makes me happy to know um, that the community surrounding this podcast, their concern, their hope for her, their support for her did help. So to everyone who expressed those things, thank you. You made a difference, and uh, sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder if people call this show and put themselves out there and then regret it because it's out in the world and it's maybe an open wound and people might find it. But seeing things like that makes me proud of this show and proud of all the people um, especially in the Facebook group, who reacted to it and helped, because you really did. And to call her again, so much love. Okay, long intro, so I'll keep this part quick. This call today, you're going to hear from someone who is a chaplain, works in religion, dealing with people who are dying. Um, you would have a lot of maybe stereotypes in your mind of what type of person that might be. This person bucks every one of those stereotypes you have. This is, uh, I will say, for someone who, who uh, deals with death professionally, chill caller, cool call, was lucky to have this talk, and uh, can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. So yeah, thanks again to the Facebook group, thanks again to our caller today. You guys are going to like this one, I think. It's, uh, what a what a cool, what a cool person. Was lucky to talk to her. Enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Hi. How's it going? Oh, this yeah, good. This is crazy. I uh, this is the first time I've actually tried calling in like months and months, and first time I've ever gotten through. This is cool. Nice. I'm glad you tried again. Yeah. Yeah, me too. How are you? I'm good. Maybe coming down with a little bit of a cold, trying to fight it off. Eh. God bless yeah, whoever has to. God bless whoever has to sit in front of this microphone after me. But yeah, I'm trying to fight it off so I can keep uh, keep the out of control momentum of my life going. You know, but I don't have yeah. time to get sick. Yeah, just a cold. We'll, yeah, we'll get over it. Yeah, right? yeah, that's the plan. Now, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm just. Uh, I have a job that allows me to be pretty flexible, so I just. Uh, Caught your Instagram post at the right time. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, I have some some kind of time to kill, so I figured give it a shot. It worked out. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a hospice chaplain. That's your gig, hospice so, chaplain. 
What's that? What's that uh-huh. entail? Um, like emotional and spiritual support for people at the end of their lives and their family members. Wow. Um, yeah, this week's been really chill. Um, last week was uh, like nuts. So um, yeah, it's been kind of nice re- regrouping, I guess. And is there any is there any denomination associated with your chaplaining? So in this context, I am an interfaith chaplain. So I see everyone, unless they don't want to see me, which eh, happens sometimes. But um, most of the time, I'm not really what people think of when they think of a chaplain. So when they see me, they're just like, oh, okay, like this is fine. You can talk to me and then see what happens. I was so. going to say, even in our uh, two minutes on the phone together, you were like, yeah, this week's been pretty chill. I'm like, that's not chaplain talk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's how, that's how this one talks. Chaplain, I think of like um, an old ruddy-faced Irishman in some robes with a Bible in one hand and rosaries in another. Yeah, yeah, you have that, uh, that Catholic oh, upbringing, yeah. right? People yeah. got to be tired of hearing about me complaining about Catholicism by now. Uh, well, see, I'm, so I don't live there now, but I'm originally from the Boston area. Uh-huh. So uh, you I'm it. used to... That yeah, and I'm and that's where I started my chaplaincy training stuff. So I had a lot of, a lot of really angry, angry ex-Catholics up there. Wait, so, you you meet a lot of that. that you meet a lot of angry ex-Catholics just in general or in the course of your work? Uh, in Boston, both, but um, <laughs> but now uh, now more in the course of my work. Uh, yeah. And you so you so, said in the course of your your job. It is interfaith, but you said in that context. So, is there another context that you that you are associated with a denomination of some sort? Yeah, yeah. So, outside in my own life, I'm I have a denomination. It's like um, it's like a really like it's a mainline Protestant denomination, but it's really progressive. It's like very left leaning. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's like that's where I'm coming from personally. So it makes it easier to be an interfaith chaplain in that context anyway so that helps yeah you're the yeah. chill chaplain yeah yeah chill chaplain. Um, actually when my um when my i met my uh fiance on um okay cupid and when before we met he was like gossiping about it to his friends and stuff and they're like oh i'm gonna meet this girl in there i guess she's a chaplain i don't know and um what is it? It's a, is it, I always forget. I get these two bands confused. It's either a fall song or a wire song, but they're, one of them has a song called Hit Priest. And uh, so for the longest time, I was like known to his friends as like, until like, I started to get serious, I was known as like Hit Priest. How are you going out with Hit Priest again tonight? Like that. So you're a Hit Priest. How's your priest? date with Hit Priest? So. <laughs> you gotta, that's gotta I took that as a compliment. I don't know if that has to be the wedding song, but that has to be danced to at your wedding, right? Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's why you call oh me. My God. That's why you call me so I can help. <laughs> this is a podcast where we talk about anything and I try to empathize, but also wedding planning on the side. Wedding planning on the side. Oh my God. Yeah, I need that. You know, that's really uh, just this weekend. I spent like five hours trying to figure out, like, looking out, figuring out, like, wedding songs. That's like the one thing. My dude and I are like kind of, um, kind of like bridezilla y about. Like, we're pretty, we don't care about anything else, but we've been kind of intense about what we're going to have as music. And yeah, so I will include that. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, you got to do Hip Priest by the fall. 
You got to do it. So you are, you're like a hip, are you a hip priest? Are you, you're kind of like a hipster priest. Are you a hipster priest? I guess. I, I mean, you know, I mean, I, if, you, if people saw me, yeah, like I have tattoos. I have, you know, the, like a, the, a look. Yeah. But, um, but, but like, yeah, like, but like how I'm talking to you now is not how I like talk to most of my patients. Um, and I say most, because some of them are like cool and they'll have like younger kids and I can talk to them. But, um, but yeah, I mean, but it, but it helps. It lets me, I feel like it makes me a little more like approachable when they see that I'm like a slightly different sort of normal person, you know? Yeah. So how's it, I guess. how does this work exactly? So someone, someone is, uh, Someone is towards the end of their life mm-hmm. and hospice, they're living at home. Yeah. Or like a lot of them nowadays live in like nursing facilities. So we visit okay. a lot of nursing facilities and stuff too. Right. But this is not someone who's in like an emergency room or an ICU. This is someone who's being kept comfortable in a home-like environment. Correct. And then how does it go when the hip priest shows up? <laughs> it depends. I mean, it's honestly, it's different for... It's different for everyone. Like, I have one patient right now who's, like, who initially, like, did not want to see me, was, like, very anti, and then she met me, and then, like, um, 10 minutes into our visit, was asking me if I would do her funeral. (laughs) She's, like, very, like, non-religious, and um, she was, like, like, yeah, actually, do you do these? Because, like, you could just do mine. And I'm, like, all right. Um, I have some people who are, like, are too religious for me kind of, or like too like Jesus-y for me. And then like, I have, I actually have a lot more trouble navigating that side of things personally than I do. Wow. Um, than I do with like the less religious people. Um, too Jesus-y that's, for that's the priest. Problem. Too Jesus-y mm-hmm. for the priest. <laughs> well, I, just, I, like I said, I come from this really, really progressive denomination. Um, and yeah, I grew up just like, you know, they encourage you to question everything. So when I meet like really like, you know, evangelical things, like it's the opposite. I'm just like, this is so, it's so foreign to me, even if we technically believe in some of the same stuff. It's, yeah, yeah. Um. Now, can I ask, here's one of my, okay, here's the first thing that pops in my head is how often do you meet people who have been atheists their whole life, but now that they're they're at the end, they're like, "I want to. I would like to talk to a priest, please." Do you get that a lot? Um, no, I don't actually. Mm. Um, I mean, I get like some. I definitely get some people who are have been like lapsed Catholics, and like, not that they were so anti-Catholic or went like so atheist, but at the end, you know, they will want those rituals and stuff like that. Um, yeah, especially with Catholics, because the rituals are so important for them. Um, yeah, that, that happens a decent amount, I guess. So you get Catholics who come in who they're like, hey, I haven't done it in 35 years, but any chance we can do a confession and you can give me some of the wafers real quick? You get some of that? Yeah, yeah, I do. And that's annoying because I can't technically do that. Um, so then, And then because they haven't been involved in a church in a long time, then I have to just, like, call around to, like, random parishes and be like, hey, you don't know this person at all, but uh, wanna, you have a priest who has any time to, like, come over and uh, give them communion? And, they, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that gets, 
that's not one of the more fun parts of the job, but oh well. Is and <laughs> so you have to call some salty old Catholic priests at that point and be like, hey, uh, <laughs> it's me. I got tattoos and I'm allowed to get married <laughs> and I'm female. But I'm still a priest, yep. so you're gonna have to first of all just swallow that. Second of all, yeah. you, you want to uh, <laughs> add something? You want to uh, come do some something extra for someone you've never met? Yep. yep. Who is pretty uh, much yeah. remembering everything yeah. they and were so taught it, be- up until the age of thirteen before they when they got their first <laughs> communion and they never thought about this again, and now they're thinking about it real hard. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's happened a handful of times. Yeah, and and priests, I will say though, Catholic priests, it's really hit or miss. Sometimes they're like the gentlest, sweetest men I've ever met and like welcome me into like the prayers. And sometimes they like barely acknowledge me and just kind of like walk by me and do their thing and leave. Uh, <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's her miss. Yeah. Or, like, it's probably like that. Yeah, it's like that everywhere. I don't know. They're just people. So how does somebody get into this line of work? Well, I, I mean, I was, in, um, I mean, I, I grew up in this church that I uh, grew up in. So the, the denomination is United Church of Christ, UCC. They're like the UUs, except they're still Trinitarian. Um, Wait, anyway, what? So Hold on. Up... Hold on. Hold the phone. <laughs> you can't say the sentence, they're like the UUs, but Trinitarian, and expect me or a significant portion of our listening audience to understand right. what any of that means. Right. Who, who are the okay. UUs? <laughs> Trinitarian, I assume uh, this somehow is opposed to Unitarianism. Yeah, you use a Unitarian Universalist. Um, and yeah, and they're technically from the you know Christian tradition, but most of them aren't Christian anymore. And the whole uni means that, you know, they, they left, they didn't believe in the, the Trinity, which is one of the reasons they became their own thing, you know, with all the transcendentalists and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the UC, the UCC, um, they have, uh, that's just to say, like, the UCC has all the same sort of, for the most part, like, the poli- and same politics of the UU, just, like, very open and affirming, and, like, we welcome everyone, we're not going to try and change you, and, you know, you can believe whatever you want, but this is what we believe in, and um, they do a lot of social justice work, and, um, yeah, that's, yeah, um, but they still do technically believe in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, though a lot of times now we try and use more gender-neutral language, so it'll be like Creator, Christ, and Spirit. Yeah, that's right. what I like to say instead. But Wow, okay. But yeah. So it's, 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 mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's like a half-step back from Unitarian. I had a friend in high school, a guy named Will. His dad was a Unitarian minister. He moved to our town halfway through high school. Very mm-hmm. nice kid, confident kid. And he would try to explain Unitarianism to me, and it sounded very cool, but I never totally got it. And I was like, so is it Christian? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, but do you have to talk about Jesus? He's like, never if you don't feel like it. And I was, <laughs> yeah. he's like, you can really kind of worship anything. And I was like, so if I just like wanted to worship an egg, if I got an egg out of my refrigerator, I could worship that. He's like, yeah, worship an egg. Who cares? I don't know how serious he was being at the age of 16, but he made it sound yeah. like Unitarianism was real uh, – Real out of the box. Yeah, I mean, it is. And um, to be honest, that's the reason, like, I could never go, like... Full, full. uni? I mean, first of all, I grew up in the church I grew up in. But, like, but, yeah, the UUs, I love them. All the 
All the UUs I've ever met are like the sweetest, nicest, most caring people. But um, I, the, that, I, just, I can't get with it. I just can't. It's like too, it's too out there for me. There's like, I need some rules. I need some structure. That's how I, I can't. I'm a little, um, yeah, that, that lack of structure makes me very anxious. I don't like it. Now, do you know if that's true that I could technically worship an egg? I, guess, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of Unitarianism, but I don't want to say yes. because yeah, that, no, I shouldn't even I be bringing know. it up. They have, Conversation they I had over like 20 tenets. years ago. They, they, <laughs> no, they have like specific tenets and stuff. Um, um, you know, specific calls to worship. And so they do have like guidelines um, and they're very like nice guidelines that are very like social justice oriented and being a good person in the world oriented. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you yeah, guys, I know a lot of the Unitarians I know are like Buddhist Christians. But, you know, they like yeah, they kind okay. of mix and match a little bit. Okay, it's kind of a that's a nice thing. So you're Trinitarians, which means you have a Creator, a Spirit, uh, 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 Christ, uh, and, and a Christ, you know, Jesus, right? Yeah, <laughs> Spirit of Christ. That's cool. Yeah. So you're the Trinitarians. I, I like it. You're the Trinitarians as opposed to the Unitarians. I mean, most 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 uh, Christians are Trinitarians. Yeah, no, generally. Speaking. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So okay, <laughs> we got real side rail because I'm having fun. Because you said the phrase "you use" and I'm a child and I couldn't drop the fact that you said "you use." Okay, <laughs> so you were saying you got into it. You grew up in the church. It's kind of like the oh, yeah. "you use," but it's not the "you use." Okay, how does this lead to you being a chaplain? Um. Well, then I kind of was like an angsty teenager and I left the church for a while. Um, and then I was, but I was like, I studied religion in college, like in an academic sense, because like, it was just still there, found it interesting. So, um, and then there was actually like, there was actually one day where I was um, having, I was like, it was in college, I was like 21 or so. And I was like having some conversation with my best friend and he and I were like, Ooh, what are we going to, we went to this like really small, like liberal arts school, no grades, one of those places. So we studied mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. bonkers things. So I was just like, uh, we were like having these like crises, like, Oh, what are we going to do with our ridiculous degrees? And it just, we were talking about what we could do practically with them. And I just kind of said like, oh, maybe I could be a minister, like as a joke. And then, but like 30 seconds later, I was like, actually wait. And I like, I don't know. I just kind of remembered that, like, growing up in the church, I did because it was so open. Like, my, my the minister I grew up with was gay. Like, I've only known women ministers really closely. And I was just like, why did I stop going to that? And I just sort of, like, rediscovered it and realized, like, oh, this is a practical thing I can do. And within that and divinity school, I found chaplaincy, and I liked it. And I just kind of ended up doing all the training for it and doing it. So... And chaplaincy, yeah, yeah. chaplaincy. Mm-hmm. What exactly does this refer to? What what's the difference between a chaplain and a minister and a priest? As far as well, I minister, know, ministers and priests generally like will serve a parish, like will serve their mm-hmm, own congregation, mm-hmm. have their own church. Um, chaplains, there's military chaplains, there's prison chaplains, there's obviously hospice chaplains, hospital chaplains, 
um, you know, that's kind of whatever, in whatever context you're in, it's like emotional and spiritual support and, and any organization will have a different, like some will have regular services you have to do. Like if you're a chaplain in a nursing home or something, um, you know, you'll mm-hmm. probably do the Sunday services for the residents, you know, but it's different everywhere depending on where you're a chaplain and what your context is. Right. So you're, you're in the trenches in an environment where, uh, spiritual guidance is a, is a factor for people who find themselves in those trenches with you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice description. <laughs> That's a cool gig. How long have you been doing it? Um, this is my, I'm going, I've been doing hospice chaplaincy for two years and I did to like get to this point, you can do like a year of like essentially like a really intense paid internship like a year of training in a hospital and I did it so I did that before I started this so like kind of like three three and a half years total so you're still in your 20s just out of them just out of 30 nice yeah so a young Mm -hmm. a young tattooed chaplain (laughs) yeah that's me that's cool and with tattoo what do the tattoos pertain to can I ask yeah um I have they're all birds birds um yeah. You left the I just church. I if I have, like, if I have friends who listen to this podcast, like, it's going to be real obvious who I am. But, um, yeah, um, they're, which is fine. Yeah, they're all birds. Um, I have a, a like I, yeah, I mentioned I was from the Boston area originally. Um, one of them is a chickadee, which is the Massachusetts state bird. Okay. <laughs> and um you got the state bird you got you want I have a, state bird. a real rebel got the state bird yeah <laughs> then i have um two other little like backyard songbirds i mean they're my my dad i'm close with my parents my dad and i used to um we uh like we had a bird feeder and like these are like the three of the birds that like weren't super common that we'd see at the bird feeder mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and we get really excited when when a nuthatch or a tufted titmouse, those are the other two, would like pop up on the bird feeder and we'd like get the binoculars and look at them. So that's why, that's why I have a bunch of birds all over me. So there's a chickadee, yeah. a tufted titmouse, and what was the other one? Um, a white-breasted nuthatch. A white-breasted nuthatch. So you've got a tit... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being juvenile now. But you do have both a oh, titmouse no, and a nuthatch tattooed on yeah. your body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're, there. Yes, you. The more you explain, the more your original your your original thesis statement of people aren't. Uh, I'm not what people are expecting when the chaplain walks into the room. It's it's <laughs> it's holding more and more water the longer we go on. Okay. Yeah. So let's get deep. Let's get philosophical because I feel like you and I could chit chat and joke all day. By being okay. this up close, by being up this up close to the process of death, what have you learned about uh. it that listeners to this podcast might not know? I think it's fair to say the chillest chaplain that ever chaplained. Chillest chaplain I ever heard about. Let's take a break. Let's hear some ads. we got sponsors. I thank them for all that they do for this show. Listen, check out the promo code. Use them if you're inclined, and we'll be back with more phone call. HelloFresh. I've been using it recently. Really love it. It's a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients. So all you got to do is cook and eat and enjoy. 
It's really a great thing. With HelloFresh, all the ingredients are delivered right to your door in recyclable insulated packaging. They come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits. That's one thing that I thought they went above and beyond on these kits. It's just so easy. You know which ingredients go with which. You're not trying to mix and match everything. HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. You got the classic plan with your meat, your fish, your seasonal produce, veggie plan, vegetarian recipes, plant-based proteins, the family plan, quick and easy meals the whole family's going to love. Better yet, you choose a delivery day that works best for you and your busy schedule. You can pause your account for weeks at a time, whatever you want. Look, HelloFresh makes it so easy to cook delicious balanced dinners for less than 10 bucks a meal. No more time consuming meal planning or grocery shopping. You can enjoy not spending money on takeout for a one measly night. And a really easy night, okay? You don't have to worry about gathering ingredients week after week. They take care of it for you, all right? I've used it. I like it. We've had friends over. We all cook HelloFresh meals together. It's a good time. You want 30 bucks off your first week at HelloFresh? You visit HelloFresh.com. You enter the promo code STORIES30. That's HelloFresh.com. Promo code is STORIES30. The holiday season's here. I'm happy to tell you about something that I have a growing obsession with. Sock Club. Sock Club's delivering the perfect gift experience. Sock Club is quietly so amazing. Really love it. You remind your loved ones that you care each month with quality American-made socks. Socks are sent straight to the door, right to your loved one's door. And the socks feature different designs, a personal note every month that can be customized before each shipment. I'm telling you, I joined Sock Club, and every once in a while I get a little, I get a little cardboard envelope, and I, th- I see the shape of it. I go, Sock Club, Sock Club is here. And I open them up, and they always have cool designs. And my wife goes, it's a sock club. You got your sock club socks. Those are new. She knows. Signature socks. They're great. Fresh, modern, classic designs. They're made in the USA. Men's, women's, and children's sizes available. They deliver them once a month. Personalized letter explaining the story behind the sock. Who doesn't want to know the story behind their socks? Check it out. You get free shipping anywhere in the USA. Go to SockClub.com slash beautiful. You get 15% off using the discount code beautiful at checkout. That's Sock club.com slash beautiful. I love it. I've become obsessed with Sock Club. You give a little reminder of your love every month. You give Sock Club. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Now let's get back to the phone call. By being up this up close to the process of death, what have you learned about uh, it that listeners to this podcast might not know? Oh, um, well, one thing, and I, again, because I'm because I'm coming from this sort of more like as kind of rational as you can get while still being like a religious God believing person. Um, you know, I'm coming from that. So like, I, I don't know what's next. I don't know. But the one thing I see a lot is when someone is really close to, to death, they'll start like seeing people from their past. And I'm sure they're, you know, they're probably just hallucinations and whatever, but they'll start being like, a brother who they were really close with who died like 40 years ago. And, um, you know, stuff like that, that happens all the time. Um, so you're there as people pass away, you don't just come in and minister last rites and then leave. You'll be in the room at times. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to like time it, you know, but I mean, sometimes people take like, sometimes people will be imminent for like, you know, three days and then they die in the middle of the night. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, sometimes you're there when they die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's, uh, I've never, mm-hmm. I, I've never seen someone, I've never seen someone die. I've never been in the room as someone passed away. Um, it's, 
It's a lot of times it's um, even like the most, this is kind of a bummer, but a lot of times even the most like peaceful deaths, if the person is like technically sort of awake, it's like, it's rough. Like you, you do hear that like death rattle and stuff and people always have trouble breathing towards the end. So the family members are like freaking out because it looks so much worse than it actually feels for the patient. And it's hard, really hard for people around them to see. Um, which is, that's the thing I always tell like family members are like, this is a lot harder for you right now than it is for them. Just if that helps at all, you know, that like, yeah, it's, um, but sometimes it is like really quiet and just quick and lovely. And you know, it's, everyone's different, you know, but it doesn't really phase you. Did it phase you in the beginning? Um, I don't know. No, I can kind of, the weird thing is, is like, I always, I still kind of am like really afraid of death, but I can kind of like disassociate my own fears of like, this is not me or someone I'm related to. So this is fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I talk about that a lot in therapy, but, um, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, in the job, in the moment, it often doesn't phase me unless it's like a patient who like, sometimes I have patients that really remind me of like my grandma and then I'll start getting like, I'll have to like take a deep breath and regroup a little more after that, you know, when I, but, but other than that, I, I can usually like keep it together pretty well. So you'll go vent in therapy, but in the moment you just do your job. Yep. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do people ever make um, last statements? Do people ever say anything profound or um, notable or hilarious right before they pass away? No, that's not. I really how it works. don't. I mean, no. Most of the time, most of the time, like it's the slow, drawn out process. In the last like day or two, they're alive. They're they're just they're not talking at all. So it's like, yeah, it's it's you know, now it's. That I never, I've never seen that really. So this, that last day or two, I would imagine people are in and out of levels of consciousness. Do you get the sense mm-hmm. that people are sometimes like uh, hitting a point where like, right, can we get it all? Can we get a move on, please? I'd like to be dead now. Like, does it hit that point? Oh my god, yeah, all the time. Ugh. And it happens that happens that way for like family members too, when they're just like, like why? Like I've come to terms with this. They've been like nonverbal and not eating for a week and a half. Why aren't they dead? And like, it could be someone they love more than anything. They've been married for like sixty years, and they're just like, this, "Why is this? Why is this still happening?" See that a lot. So that's more traumatic. Um, it, if it's when it takes longer, it's more traumatic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes it's really sudden and really unexpected, but usually not in hospice because they're on hospice. Um, so yeah, it's usually when it's like long and drawn out and like the fam like the loved ones just don't want their their loved one like suffering anymore and they just yeah. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you and I are recording this as we enter the holiday season. Does your job become more intense because emotions are heightened amongst families in general right now? Um yeah, it's funny. My fiance just asked me that this morning, kind of. Look at he was that. like he was like, Oh, because I had a really rough week last week. Um like some and like shit went down and it was just like a bunch of people who I really like died and it was just ugh. But like um, people who you'd been caring for and working with already. Yeah, yeah. There was one like crazy experience and then two patients I really 
really loved and who died pretty suddenly for hospice. So it was like, yeah. But yeah, that's what he actually asked me. He was like, is it because the holidays are coming? And I'm like, yeah, I think we're still too far from Thanksgiving for that to be a factor. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, people, people will really get like sad. Um, um, like, like just thinking about, you know, their first Thanksgiving without their dad or their husband or their wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely makes it tougher. Now, you just said last week you had a crazy experience. What constitutes a crazy experience? Oh, I had a had a patient. This was um, I had a patient who who died, and that wasn't that was not unexpected. But her husband, um, ten minutes later, had a heart attack and didn't make it. Whoa. Yeah. In the same facility? So was, they were in the house. They were, they were in, in the, the house. Home. And the whole family's there? Mm-hmm. And are they elderly? Yeah. Yeah, they were older. Not like 100, but they were older, yeah. There's a part of me that thinks that's beautiful. It Well, that's it was. It really was. Like, I pray and, for that. Yeah, no, it was actually really beautiful. Um it was, but for the family members who were there and kind of witnessed it, it was, I'm sure that like, you know, months from now, they will look back on it and be like, oh, I'm glad that my parents are together. And that was great. But like, in that moment, like it was, it oh, was it's just, the, like traumatic. The worst. I can't it imagine. Was, yeah. I can't yeah, imagine. So There's just like a lot of people and a lot of emotions and it was very intense. Right. And, and everyone's oof. been focused on coming to grips with one situation and all, all of a sudden it's just an entirely different situation. I get that. Yeah, I mean, these people lost lost both their parents in a span of five hours. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Yeah, I said my wife. My wife has a plan. My wife has told me she has a plan for us to die, holding hands uh-huh. at the same Aww. exact moment. That's her plan because she doesn't okay. she doesn't want to watch me die first. So her plan is we'll be holding hands, and we will expire at the exact same instant. Oh. That's great. I hope that happens. Yeah. I mean, not like soon. But no, 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 no. <laughs> I realized as I said it out loud that it sounds like a suicide pact. It's actually a very like cute couple in joke. It's what it is. I, yeah. I want to be just clear. Yeah. I have to be clear with stuff like this ever since my HBO special. This, I'm not, this is not a suicide thing. I'm doing fine, uh, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> doing fine, everybody. The wife just likes me a lot. She wants us to be here on the planet at the same time. Yeah, that's that's really sweet. That's great. Now you said you still fear death, but has it made you has it made you kind of ponder things you'd like a, about your death? Like, do you plan for your death a little more, having seen how it happens? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, like everyone. Yeah, this is a piece of everyone. Everyone should have an advanced directive, no matter how old you are. Um, What's that? What's yeah, an advanced directive? Um, it says like it's one of those one of those things that says like oh like if I. Uh, you know, it lists like if I'm in this, there's like a Seinfeld episode about right. it. Like um, a living will? That? Is that what I know? I, yeah, yeah, living yeah. will. Yeah, but it puts like someone in charge and that person can like see this document and be like, this is what they want. And I know that and I know I'm not like killing this person if, you know, I take them off life support because these were their wishes. And it takes, it's, it's really just for like everyone around you so they don't feel like they're killing you when they like turn off life support because right. you know, your brain dead or whatever. Um, it's like not even for you. It's for everyone around you. It's I mean, for, it's for you, but 
It's for everybody Black else's cells. peace of mind yeah. regarding. So, so you, what's your recommendation on this? Pull, are you someone? Is your what's your say? Pull the plug ASAP. I mean, I, no, I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, kind of just like if the doctor says like, like I trust doctors, like generally speaking, um, and if a doctor says, oh, there's no brain activity and there's no chance of any brain activity, sorry, or like, oh, the machine is, this breathing machine is the only thing that's making this person breathe right now. Like in those cases, like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, doctors if a doctor says there's no hope, there's no hope because doctors, their job is to keep people alive. And a lot of doctors are like anti-hospice still. They're coming around now. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. But, um, but yeah, like, it just, you know, if a doctor says they're not going to come back, they're not going to come back. And it's just like cool to keep you plugged into machines, you know, I don't know. I want this to serve as my living will, my advanced directive, <laughs> as you put it right now, this stretch of my podcast right now, <laughs> pull... The plug. That's my advanced directive. And here's the thing. My wife's going to fight you tooth and nail. She's going to protect that. My wife, pull the plug. I've talked to Hallie about this. Let's not drag this one out. Pull the plug. I'm caller. I've never even met you. But if you ever get word, if, if, if you ever see anything that comes up, comedian Chris Gethard, something horrible accident, I need you to travel personally to New York City. And uh, tell them, hey, no, I talked to him anonymously once. He said, pull the plug, and I'm here to vouch for it. And they'll say, you're anonymous. How do we know you are who you say you are? And at that point, you pull up your sleeve and you just say the words, tufted titmouse. <laughs> All right. That sounds, uh, yeah, it's a plan. Promise I'm not too me. far from New York, so uh, I'll plan on that. I have a friend in my life. This is true because this is how I operate. I have a friend in my life where I've told him, if I'm ever in a situation where the plug's not getting pulled, you break into the hospital room, you pull it. And he knows who he is. He doesn't listen to the show. You know, you know how you can solve this problem? How's that? It's to, to get it legally documented <laughs> no, on <I'd>, paper. <laughs> I'd rather put in no effort, shout about it on a podcast, and then reveal to the world my truly insane plan that I have my friend in a ninja-like mission to break into a hospital. It's J.D. Amato. Anybody who knows the Chris Gethard show, my buddy J.D., I have told him, you personally, whatever it takes, you get into that hospital room, you get me, a, you unplug it. You wait till you hear that flat line, baby, and then you sneak out. I'd rather have the world know that it's just my buddy JD. He's got to pull the plug. Or I could take literally 15 minutes to do the paperwork. It takes what? Yep. Maybe yep. 15 minutes? Maybe. Yeah. I was shocked to learn get it, recently. Get it, get it notarized? Yeah, you're, you're good. Do you even need it notarized? I was just informed that for a will, you just need a witness. You just need someone who will watch. You could write a will right now on a napkin. And if you have yeah, one. Maybe it's an advanced, advanced directive you might need notarized. Like any bank, any here's the thing I learned: any bank has a notary, and generally they'll do it for yeah. free. I could just type this thing up, type this thing up, pull the plug, three words, pull the plug. <laughs> Sincerely, Geth. Walk down to the old TD Bank on the corner, notary. <laughs> and now I know. I'm not gonna be. Yeah. But then I got a friend, my friend Dave Marr from Chicago. He has a great comedy show about this comedian. He was in a coma. His family went to pull the plug, but I think he, uh, I think he was maybe in a state where it's a little harder. But they had residency in a state where it was easier, so they transported him over state lines to make it like uh, 
you know, less red tape and, and, and more painless. Oh, wow. Right before they did it, guy wakes up. He's fine. Wow. He's fine now. He wow. Was, but he was dead. He was like in a coma. Family was going to Yeah, that's... Him. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but that, I mean... That's one in a million, right? Yeah. I mean, I did have, like, sort of a really, yeah, I mean, I had a crazy, like, when I was doing my training at, like, the hospital, I did have a story. It wasn't quite like that, because she always had, like, brain activity, and it was always a possibility she was going to, like, pull through, like, a slight one, but she did, and she, like, totally came back, like, completely, and it was pretty amazing, but um, I saw that a lot less than I saw people die. More often than not. Yeah. Wow. It's a uh, it's an intense gig. I couldn't do it. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for providing peace to people who need it in the uh, last moments yeah, of the no, life. I couldn't I do mean, that. Some some days, some week, like, some ways, some weeks are worse than others. And some some days it's like easy. Like so honestly, some days, some days this is, I was gonna I was gonna sound kind of bad, but like some days, none of my patients are like awake or like verbal. So I just kind of like walk in like hang out for a minute and then like call their families and they're like oh so-and-so's you know doing okay and they're just sleeping today oh, okay thanks bye and then maybe i'm done at, done done with work by like two and i can get to the gym before it gets crowded uh <laughs> <laughs> it's not all, i mean it's not all like doom and gloom like you know watching people die it's like some days it's really some days it's very calm and fine so there are days there are days where you come in and we can be honest we can be honest there's days where you come in and you're like, yes, everybody's asleep. Nobody's even dying. And then you just go to the gym. Yeah. I mean, then I still have to do like the paperwork and stuff. But yeah, 100%. Ah, isn't it amazing that the human condition, I don't care what your job is, how unique or exciting or serious it is, the human instinct, every once in a while you're like, I don't, what do I got to do to not do this shit today? Everybody, everybody has yeah. that. Yeah, no, and there will be, there will totally be some days where I'm just like, I don't really want to have really intense, deep conversations today. And I'll purposely, and that's when I'll purposely go to patients who are asleep a lot. Oh. Or patients who are just like, or patients who are just like really like happily demented. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And they're just like, they're just like, they have no idea what's going on, but they don't care. And they're just like totally happy and will like say nonsense words to you and smile and it's. It's nice. So you'll pick and an you, order. You can, kind of, you can still like be with them and yeah. like talk to them and be and be like a nice like compassionate presence for them, but it's not like taxing on my soul. It's not the heavy so. lifting ones that day. You put it in an order where maybe the heavy lifting people will be asleep by the time you get to them, and that's just because there are other people yeah. to get to. Legit, but you knew yeah. you, you yeah. knew that they were going to say they weren't just going to be uh, babbling as their uh, consciousness comes and goes like yeah. these other people. Yeah. Are there, do you have yeah. the inverse? Have you ever had the inverse, which I have to imagine is a very guilty feeling. Like I know I, I sometimes at work on my show, there'll be, you know, there'll be days where things go really long. It's a TV show. Unexpected things happen, but I've been doing my jujitsu again lately. And there's times where I'm like, oh, okay, this thing's running along. I guess I'm not going to get to the gym today. Are there any times where somebody's like, where the heartbeat is, there's like two heartbeats a minute and you're like, I have plans. Have you ever had that? Yeah, I mean, ah! yeah. Just, just, just you, last, have, you have, you have. You come on and last, die. Just last, just last Friday, I actually was. Um, I, I, just, yeah, just last Friday, I had to work till I was at work till like almost eight. I generally my hours are like nine to five, they're normal. But I was at work till almost eight 
that day just because um, this this is actually one of my favorite patients. So it was sad. But the family was like, they were so sweet. But um, they were they had been in some denial. So they hadn't like like figured out the final arrangements yet. Right. Um, which which doesn't require that much in the moment. All you really have to do is like pick a funeral home. Say like, this person died. Can you come here and pick them up? Yes, we will. Okay, done. But like they were so indecisive and just like talking in circles. And like I, you know, seven o'clock rolls around. And I'm just like sitting there trying to like gently mediate. And all I can think about is like going home and having some pizza and then like a beer. And that's all I wanted. And <laughs> taking forever. Yeah. Um, you and the fiance. But they figured it out. And everything night. was fine. And, yeah, no, they, you, everything was fine though. Yeah, and it's they, very clear. Yeah, everything's good. Anyone listening knows that I am dragging these out <laughs> of you, and that it's very clear that you're a good person, and that the large <laughs> majority of the time you're there to provide for families yeah. and patients. But like every, there's four star generals. I'm sure there's four star generals where when Trump is like, we might, we, I might bomb North Korea. I don't care that the generals are like, oh, I'm trying to check Facebook, dude. I'm checking Facebook right now. Yeah, Why are you going to do this right now? Kids from high school, drama, yeah. drama on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and I don't mind. Like, I, I, I'm honest about it. Like, I tell people this. I mean, not my patients, but, like, I'll tell people this stuff on my show. Because I don't want, like, I think it's, I don't think it's good when people think that, like, priests or chaplains or ministers or whoever are these, like, high and mighty, like, a, they should have some sense of authority and like, you know, in controlness, but like the whole point of this job and this vocation is to like be approachable. So people will be able to talk to you. And like, so I think it's really important <laughs> for everyone to know that like we're all human. I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, I think so. Mm. Priests. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta listen. Most people are going to be able to wrap their brains around the idea that priests are just people. I, as someone raised Catholic, I got to really take a breath and think about this. It's hard for me to wrap my brain around. Some people out there get it. Anyway, good uh, segue for the advertisers gathered. Really seamless. Check out these products and services. Use the promo codes. It helps the show. We'll be back after this with more phone call. I've been sleeping real well lately. Why is that? Because sleep's important to me. I'm a hardworking guy. You spend a third of your life sleeping. I know why I'm sleeping so well, because I got Brooklinen sheets. Brooklinen.com. High quality sheets and bedding you and your loved ones deserve without needless luxury retail prices. You want to buy great sheets? It's easy. You're going to upgrade your nightly routine with these things, okay? The right sheets, they can make or break good night's sleep. And you're going to feel well-rested sleeping on these things. They're quality luxury sheets and bedding, but they're accessible to everybody. Also, a great gift idea coming up on that time of the year. Great gift idea, Brooklyn and Sheets. Okay, they cut out all the unnecessary markups and retail licensing fees and manufacturing waste. Very important. They offer high-end designs and exceptional savings across their collection. It's the fastest-growing bedding brand in the world, Brooklyn, because people love them. Their sheets have over 12,000 five-star reviews. They're really, really great. Good housekeeping named them winner of best of online bedding. It's luxury bedding, but it's underpriced. I love my Brooklyn sheets. Sleep on them every night. Try these sheets. I know you'll love them too. Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use the promo code beautiful at brooklinen.com. In fact, Brooklinen is so confident you'll love your new sheets that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. There's no reason not to give these sheets a try 
for yourself or as a gift for the holiday season. Give the gift of luxury sheets. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping, use the promo code BEAUTIFUL at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code's BEAUTIFUL. Brooklinen, the best sheets ever. Thanks again to all of our sponsors for helping us bring this show to the world for free. Now, let's go ahead and finish off the phone call. So I think it's really important for everyone to know that, like, we're all human. I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, I think so. Mm. I think that goes a long way. I know, again, Catholicism, priests, I think it's a little bit of maybe a different mentality. Priests are closer to God, mm-hmm. right? They wear mm-hmm. special outfits. They live by different rules. There's, at the very least, an mm-hmm. implied separation there. I'll never forget being a kid. I lived about three blocks from my church. I saw Father Hansen drive by one time, and I had gotten old enough to realize Father Hansen has a whack-ass car. You got a <laughs> shitty car. <laughs> guy's got a beat-up, dinged-up, shitty car. Father Hansen's just a guy. Yep. Changed everything yep. for me. Oh, yep. Father Hansen's just a guy. He has to wear yeah. it. Yeah, and that's, yeah, and that's super important to realize that, I think, for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. What's the fiance do? He is finishing up his um, PhD in philosophy. Whoa. Yeah. A philosopher and a priest. Mm -hmm. It's like the setup to a dad joke. It's like an old timey joke. I know. I know it is. (laughs) Philosopher and a priest. Is that fair to call you a priest? I'm using my terminology. I grew up with a chaplain. I'm sorry. A chaplain. Yeah, no. um, Usually, in the Protestants, usually. like minister, minister or pastor, but pastor. In, I'm generally, my job is a chaplain right now. I'm sorry, so. I apologize. I don't know. Caught myself. It's fine. You lean on your I own childhood, well, right? No, I get it. That's fine. That makes sense. Especially Catholic can't, that stuff never gets out of your head. Oh. You really drill that in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't escape. It's fine. <laughs> I like it. I like some. It's fine. Everybody's heard me talk about it. So when, uh, <laughs> so when you're on OKCupid, when you're <laughs> when you're doing the apps, when you're doing the apps and the websites, when you're single, mm-hmm. did you ever find your job was a deal breaker? Um, no, uh, it wasn't. In fact, it was definitely a fetish for a lot of people, and I got some real gross messages, like what? probably a lot grosser, even grosser than like the average. A lot of people wanted to hook up. With, wanted to hook up with a. With a with a chaplain, they had a yeah, or they would just or they would just like be creepy about it and like have all the, yeah. It, it was, what do you it, mean? Yeah, I had to weed a lot of that stuff. <laughs> what? Um, they like you know I don't know. It's like they think it's like I don't even know. I don't know. I can't read. I don't know what. Yeah, it's like people find like these weird things like fetishy. You know, I think they would. <laughs> I think they would like to think of someone in like a. And like a fucking like nun's habit, you know, like that sort of thing. I did get a message saying something along those lines before. Someone was like, "Will you wear yeah. an outfit? Will you do you wear the priest outfit for me?" Something like that. I mean, or some it was something something like, "Oh, I can picture like, yeah, something like laying out like a scenario, like oh, some God. creepy fantasy." Yeah, no. Um, oh God. Yeah, I know. There's yeah. no there. Horny men, horny men will be. There's no length to which they won't go, huh? Yeah. And who am I to? Th- yeah. So, and, and to quote, so would, to quote yeah, scripture, I'm... who am I to throw a stone and whatnot? <laughs> Everybody has no, their moments, was, but jeez, people are saying. So, sometimes it would be. I guess sometimes it would be a deal breaker because sometimes you'd have those sort of like new atheist types 
who would like really want to like challenge me. Right. And like, then, then when I was so just like, Oh, I don't even know if I believe in like power. I don't believe in hell, but I'd be like, I don't know if I believe in hell. I don't know. Like I can't say what's, what's what, like, I'm just a person. This is just what I do. And then I would, they would, I would just like confuse them. Like, cause I think they, they would go in like wanting some kind of like argument and be like, I don't need to argue with you. Like, I don't care. They want to have a big but, debate. They don't realize yeah. you're from a denomination where you can just opt out of hell if you feel like it, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. Really? I mean, with some like with some biblical evidence, you know, we're not totally, yeah, but yeah, yep. So you don't believe in hell? Mm-hmm. You don't preach about hell? No, no. And is that technically? Does your, I mean, does I mean, your denomination technically believe it, and you're just like, I want to ease back, or are they kind of like, you know, figure it out for yourself? Yeah, more figure it out for yourself. I mean, there are a lot of like really um, interpretations that I like that are about like kind of hell being this earth. Um, pretty now pretty you're hellish. Speaking, now um, you're speaking my language. But, uh, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. Uh, I mean, there's a, like in the you know in the in the Hebrew Bible, like in the Jewish tradition, there's like no real like set afterlife. You know, so it's just there's no like. In the you know it's the Bible it contradicts itself all the time so you have to do a lot of like a lot of studying a lot of research to even figure out like what you might believe in and even then nothing makes sense but, yeah <laughs> so you're saying some continuity errors in the Bible yeah the multiple authors I mean, yeah. didn't really fact check each other over the multiple authors translation issues like everything yeah yeah mm-hmm. Cool chaplain. Yeah, thanks. I yeah. Did you get the t- Did you get the tattoos before you were a chaplain or after? Um, I got two of them while I was in divinity school. While I was still in grad school, um, one was actually like a graduation present to myself, and then I got the last one just um for my birthday in March. Happy birthday. Yeah, seven months ago. Hip. Eight months ago? Eight months ago. Yeah. We got a hip chaplain on the line. Who knew? (laughs) Who knew? Yep. We exist. Do you find when you're ministering to people who are towards the end, are there consistent regrets that you hear about? Um, hmm. Or consistent themes that you hear about? Not really, not usually from the patient. Um, usually it's like the family members and the caregivers who feel a lot of guilt about one thing or another that they need to vent about. And sometimes it's just like, I should have done more for him. I, he was in pain these last months, this last month. Or like, I, sometimes it's really like a tangible thing like that. Sometimes it's stuff from the past. But yeah, usually... It's less usually from the, in my experience, it's usually less from the people actually dying than from the people who are going to miss their loved ones and wishing mm-hmm. they had done things differently with their parents or their spouse or whatever. And is it is a lot of it about time spent wishing things had slowed down and maybe had prioritized the people a little more than they had? Um, yeah, sometimes. It's always it's always really different. Sometimes it's like fights people have had. Sometimes it's, they were estranged for a while. Ooh. Um, yeah. So you'll get some out of context specifics right at the end, and never quite know what it refers to. 
Yeah, well, the nice thing about hospice is that if the people are open, you're like, like when the person dies, that's not like it. Like after the person dies, if the like family member is still like struggling a lot, you can like do like bereavement counseling with them. So oh, it's still stuff nice. they need to like process and talk about. Um, like we can still be in touch with them and and work on that with them and refer to them refer them to like other psychiatrists or uh, therapists or whatever. So yeah, that's very nice. That's yeah, very nice. So that helps. My parents are getting older. And they've recently started talking openly about the fact that they're going to die. And it freaks me out. That's good. Yeah. I it, know. I know. No, it's, it's scary, but it's good. It's I was going to say, doing that. it freaks me out, but it also is much appreciated. They're, they're demystifying yeah, no. it, hopefully many years ahead of the curve, but they're demystifying it now. They gave me copies of their wills. They told me where their keys right. are. They told me... If you know, if you get to the house and there's a situation, no one's there. Here's where you can find some documents that uh, doctors or or lawyers might need to start things that need to happen. They've really gone mm-hmm. out of their way, and that's awesome. I'll tell you another thing I appreciate about my parents is that uh, they've uh, my. I don't. I, this is weird. I don't know. I don't know if I should go here. What but, is it? Uh, now, I, what is it? Well, I would say, I would say, here's what I would say: is my dad was a different guy when I was growing up than he is now, mm. and I'm glad he gave me a chance to know both versions of himself. I think that's yeah. a very fair way to put it. Yeah, no, that that is that is very diplomatic. I feel very good that I got to know this gentler version of my dad as a guy, as a grown up, because yeah. I feel like I learned my workaholism from him. I'm a noted workaholic. But now I'm watching mm-hmm. him and I'm saying, no, I got to learn that too because he's having fun later in life. Yeah. He's relaxing. He's Aww. giving himself that. And I got to make sure I learn that from him too. And he's giving me that before he goes as well. It's much appreciated. That's great. He also takes lots of pictures of animals now that he's retired. And he's always sending me pictures of the animals. And I love it. I love it. His new hobby oh, is my- photography. He's got some wild pigs near his house. Oh my god, my dad. Uh, my dad kind of he. I'll get like these weird um, picture texts of like a squirrel on the bird feeder. Oh yeah, kind of just out of nowhere sometimes. Thanks, thanks, Dad. <laughs> my, parents, uh, my parents spend part of the year in Florida now, and in the area they live in their neighborhood, there are some wild pigs, and this is the talk of the neighborhood. Is that there's. Uh, <laughs> Some wild pigs, which are a dangerous animal. You know, we think of them as cute, but that is a feral pig. This is not a ha- yeah. ha- happy animal. My father uh, sent me pictures of the mother pig and the three baby feral pigs, and he said he <laughs> named them, and the names were Porky, Spot, and, and the little one is Bacon. <laughs> and it was oh, it made me smile so much. And my wife said to me, based on every fa- every story I've heard of your dad when you guys were growing up, and he was like, he's just like such a softer guy now. Did you ever think when you were like 12, you'd hear your dad say, and the little one's named Bacon about a pig? I said, no, I never <laughs> dreamed I'd know that day when my dad was yelling about our grades and uh, holding us to the high yeah. standards that I thank God for because they made me work hard. But yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to think about the end of life yeah. versus the other parts. You have to think about it all the time. Sure do. And then, yeah. and that's your nine to five. And then you go to the gym 
You eat pizza and drink beer. You get tattoos. Yeah, that's uh, about it. Yeah, I bake. I bake too. I like baking. Oh, that's nice. What's your uh, What's your dish of choice? My only real hobby. What's your dish of choice? What's your Hmm? What's your go to? What's your killer dish? Uh, cookies. I like making like different cookies with like creative. I made these lavender cookies um a little bit ago. They were really good. Hipster Um, Chaplin lavender cookies. It's really good for spring. It's like, you know, everyone's like obsessed with like pumpkin in the winter and stuff, or in the fall. Like lavender is like a really nice spring thing that I feel like yeah. should catch on to that extent. But I don't know. Maybe well, it's calming too. If Starbucks started yeah. having a lavender explosion to mark the beginning of spring instead of just this pumpkin yeah. spice when you know that's when fall's here. Yeah, that would be really – because I'm actually I, – since I drive around in the burbs, I've been stuck at going – stuck going to Starbucks all day for stuff. Oh, that was actually, um, this is kind of gross, but um, on one of your episodes, like, a long time ago, you had, like, a whole thing about, like, um, uh, the best public bathrooms. Oh, yeah. I talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, which really resonated with me because yeah. I'm on the road for work. And, um, yeah, my go-to was usually a Starbucks, but that, um, that oh. Home Depot tip. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let alone the, yeah, ho- the hotel you. lobby. If you ever, if you got a hotel between you and your route to work, the hotel lobby is, is, is key, but the Home Depot doesn't pitch. Starbucks, Starbucks, I, God bless them. They're everywhere. They're very liberal with their bathroom inclusion. And I, I do not want to say mm-hmm. anything to disparage that, but it's, uh, it's not, it, they, it's, uh, it's not an ideal. It's every. It's everybody's go-to. I f- especially in New York mm-hmm. City, where there's a Starbucks. Starbucks every two blocks, and you know, there's also um, there's a lot of people of varying uh, degrees of you know. There, I think there's a, there's there's drug users on the street. You know, you're New York oh, yeah, City. Yeah, yeah. You're amongst everybody. There's drug users. There's homeless people. Yeah. Everybody. I'm not judging any of these people for the lifestyles. People gotta go to the bathroom somewhere. They go to Starbucks. Yeah. They go to Starbucks. It's it's uh, yeah. it's the bathroom of the people. I feel like the deal Starbucks made. Was they were like, we will never advertise, we'll never clog up your airwaves or your radio dials. You'll never see ads for us on the sides of your buses. We'll stay, we'll just provide you coffee and stay out of the public view. Um, and in exchange for being on every street corner, we will just be society's bathroom as well. We'll also just yeah. be society's bathroom. Yeah. Starbucks. Yeah, that actually, right. I'll say. No offense, rather low on my list of public mm-hmm. bathrooms. Rather low on my list of public bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. I'm slowly realizing that in yeah. this work. Because then you also, some, very often there's a line, and then you're in the line, and you haven't bought anything, and you got all these people, and mm-hmm. they're sipping like their fancy peppermint oolong tea, and they, and they know <laughs> that you're, you're, uh, you're just there, you're just for the bathroom. And you didn't you didn't mm-hmm. opt into the Starbucks game to even earn it or deserve it. You feel the judgment. Yeah. No, Home Depot, big thumbs up. Yeah. Hotel yep. lobbies, though. I can't say it enough times. Yeah, I need to do it because I do pass a lot of weird, like, like you know, random like Hampton Inns and stuff like that. I guess I should. That the get Hampton on that Inn is going to be your best friend. And if you're in a driving area, they probably <laughs> even have a parking lot. 
They do, yeah. Oh, they do. I'm I'm baby. mostly in the burbs for work. I live in the city, but yeah, I'm always in the burbs. So. Oh, baby. Yep. Yeah. I do have to say <laughs> to anyone still listening and to long-time <laughs> listeners of the podcast, I have to say I'm rather proud. I think I'm the only podcaster in the game that could be talking to um, a chaplain who has looked death in the eye so many times and somehow still turned it into discussions of the best place to take a shit. <laughs> I think I hold the crown on that one. That's a good, that's a good, good crown to have as far as I'm concerned. Listen, there's something really beautiful and demystifying about hearing that even the religious figure who helps shepherd you uh, comfortably and peaceably to the other side also sometimes has to, in a panic, pull into the parking lot of a Hampton Inn before she drops it in her pants. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. For me, it's usually just like I drink a lot of – I'm trying to drink more water lately. Oh, you got to hydrate. So, um, for key. me, it's usually just a – genuine fear of pissing myself oh yeah um oh yeah but yeah my bowels are generally under control so that's good god bless but. it not to i'm sorry <laughs> didn't mean to use the lord's name in vain I was a person of the cloth. oh that doesn't bother me god bless you i do it you do <laughs> we got three minutes left yeah you. cool yeah i did a on this call instead of doing my uh my paperwork, which is fine. Um, I'm glad you said paperwork. If you had said job, I would have been like, oh, no. No, no. I'm, I'm actually, I'm like in the parking lot of a nursing facility. I have like one more patient to see today, but that's, it's only two. I mean, I'm oh, fine. Um, oh, no. Like I have plenty of time. But what um, if you get in, what if you get in there and they're like, the person died 11 minutes ago. Where were you? Oh, no. No, because I would have gotten a call. The nurses and like that's a whole, you know, it's like a whole group effort. You know, it's not, I'm not just like a solitary person. Like I work with like an organization and like the nurse would have been like, hey, so-and-so just died. Can you get here? And, you know, I would have had to tell you, hey, this person's dying. I actually can't finish this conversation. And but that would be a, that would that be a call happen. waiting situation. It wouldn't just be a text because you don't always get the texts when you're on the phone line. Yeah, you do. It buzzes. Do you? I got a little buzz. Even when you're on the phone. Depends on your yeah. carrier, I think. I'm on Sprint. I get a I just, Oh, I have AT and T. I just I get a buzz. To Sprint. I think oh. I used to get the buzz when I was on Verizon. Now I switched to Sprint. Yeah. No comment. Yeah. In case any Sprint in case there's any future <laughs> advertisers listening. In case any future <laughs> advertisers might be listening. New comment, but let's let me just reiterate. I switched to Sprint. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, they're all they're all horrible, right? They're like all evil. Yeah, um, massive corporations but, broadcasting cancer right into our brains. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't know. But I don't that's... know. Service service wise, I guess I've had no real issues with this. Yeah, that's great. Oh, AT and T, good coverage, uh, huh? <laughs> I just on my end, I recently switched to Sprint. <sighs> 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 I'm sorry. That's, That's cool. Sound, you sound... No, I didn't need yeah. uh, I didn't need reliable service in my own house. It's it's better <laughs> this way. It's more it's more fun. It's a it's a fun guessing game now. Switch finding like the exact right place by the exact right window to stand and have your conversation on your mobile phone. 
We have 30 seconds left. I want to take a second to thank you for what you do for families and for people in need uh. and also for being someone who is uh, who is of the cloth but also is so I, – I, I found it very cool to talk to someone who is both of the cloth, if I may use that phrase, but who was also yeah, sure. as cool and hip and chill as you are. That was super nice. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I like to kind of break that stereotype, so I'm glad I got through. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Thanks. Cool. Thanks for uh, talking to me. Caller, I know I just said it, but thank you again, sincerely. It's uh, It was such a pleasure to talk to you, and I can only imagine that someone as charming as you is a good person to help people in uh, such a time of duress. Thank you for helping people and their families. Really cool of you. Also, thanks to Jared O'Connell and Harry Nelson in the booth. Thanks to the Reverend John DeLore and Greta Cohn who helped build this show in the early days. Thank you to Shell Shag for the intro music. If you want to know more about me, go to chrisgeth.com. If I got touring dates, they will be up there. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. It really does help so much. So check it out. All right, that's all the stuff. I think that's all the stuff. I'm going to go away now. Thank you. Cash is very easy to lose. Do it all the time. Falls out of your wallet. It's no good. Checks take a while to clear. Thankfully, there's Zelle, a new way to send money to your friends and family from your banking app. Once you're enrolled, the money moves right between almost any U.S. bank accounts and typically arrives in minutes. Plus, it's backed by major banks, which means you can send money confidently. Just go to ZellePay.com to learn more. That's Z-E-L-L-E-P-A-Y.com. Zelle, this is how money moves. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, imagine if you couldn't fully imagine. You're one of the only people on earth who always, every time, says the movie's better than the book, huh? <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing. I wouldn't know because I can't read the book because the book, I get bored because oh I'm not picturing stuff. Lord of the Rings would be the most annoying thing. Yeah. That yeah. would be your nightmare. Yeah. Those movies are rad, though, I huh? would probably throw the book across the room. Yeah, the movies are rad. That's one thing that I realized the other day was when people would read something in a book and then they see it in a movie, and they're like, oh, wow, that's not at all how I pictured it. Yeah. And that always kind of confused me, and I didn't realize that that confused me until I started really thinking about it. I was like, oh. <laughs> that's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Oh, yeah. The wait is over. Womp It Up is back. Back, bitches. Every Tuesday, new episodes of Womp It Up are delivered hot and fresh to your inbox. Just like a DiGiorno pizza. Going straight up your butt. Featuring all of your comedy faves, returning faves, and new faves alike. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Womp It Up. Hashtag turnaround. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.